I don't know. There's a, it's a lot going on right now. The whole Joe Rogan thing. So you saw what Alex um, put in our group chat. Yeah. Did you hear? Did you hear about that? Did you already know about that? No, but um, it sounded like they were continuing what they were already doing. Right. It was up to seventy, and now it's up to a hundred. So it sounds like they're working on it. He has how many now? Like sixteen hundred episodes. He's in the. He's almost eighteen hundred. I think his most recent one was seventeen seventy something. But um. Yeah, at first, the report that I saw was he, it was like 70, now it's like 100. I feel like that's going to change based on reporting. Um, but um, the one I thought was, the couple I thought were just interesting that Mike, the, you, you brought up too, the Michael Malice, there was a couple with him, between him and Joe Rogan that they took down for reasons, who knows, right? Right. He was um, saying, Michael Malice was saying that he doesn't believe that what they're doing is targeting actual people because I think they took down three with Michael Malice, but he had done six episodes with him. So it's not like if they were, they would have taken down all, all of them, obviously. <coughs> but they didn't do that. Almost. Still, it's about to lose another two. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where it's gonna lead. Where do you what do you think? <clears throat> do you think Joe Rogan's gonna get nuked? Nuked or crippled? It's only crippled. Only need to, to what they need to. They don't have to go all the way. They only have to put the pressure on popular opinion about him to and stunt his growth. And if it goes into regression. For his viewership, then they'll have done their job and they don't need to go any further. Yeah, I think Maybe there's... Everybody was listening to him during that spot. So it's not everybody. It's a lot of people, relatively. So if they could stunt him or have his viewership regress, then their job is done. Yeah, I think there's too much money involved between him and Spotify to like totally take him down. Because then there's probably legal ramifications. Um, however, probably to a point, yeah, like cripple him. Or just put a lot of like boundaries in place where it makes it difficult, right? Um, like first, Joe Rogan, and I don't know whose decision this was ultimately, but he came out and said that they're going to have like some type of warning labels on the episodes. Spotify came out and announced it too, but I don't know whose decision ultimately was or if it was like a cooperative effort between him and the owner of Spotify or whoever. Um, <clears throat> There's warning labels everywhere though. They're on YouTube, they're on TikTok. They're... Yeah, but isn't the... it... just makes it really hard to do but it. Like you have to go into your settings and change a bunch of stuff. Isn't it the, the warning label is supposed to be like a caution warning potential misinformation or... Like, that just seems, I don't know. Um, on YouTube, I was looking at body cam footage, and there wasn't, well, not always, but a lot of times it would give you two warnings in a row, or just like it'll pop up, you know, so the content, whatever, whatever, viewer discretion, or some audiences may be disturbed or whatever. Yeah. 
I don't, I don't remember what it said. That's just what warnings normally say. And then, um, and then put that in the timer, second one, and then you can watch it. And then on YouTube, on TikTok, you're going through somebody's page. Um, you get to see the thumbnail of all the videos, and then the ones that are not watched, uh, warned, will be like grayed out. And then when you go to click on it, it'll be like this is whatever content. Are you sure you want to watch it? And you just hit it once, and it'll let you view it. Right. So I, you were right before when you were saying, you know, like if you let them do that, then they might do something more, and more, and more, because that's just the way that. Yeah, it's um, slow encroachment method. Politically correct kind of people behave, but at the same time, if you put warnings on things just to say, almost like a cop out, just like, hey, you know what? It's you don't like it, and you think it shouldn't be on the internet, but we put a warning on it, so everybody knows that it's whatever they want to call it, whatever they're complaining about. It's this, it's that. You know, misinformation, it's racist, it's gory, or. Adults, you know, it's just like we'll put warnings on it. So if you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. Like, yeah, we'll shoot you I find it, like, I find it kind of, I find it kind of strange, is because like, I don't know, Joe Rogan is just the guy like having a conversation. And he's talking to a pot, he's talking into a microphone, and people are watching it. It's no really different compared, besides his viewership and his base and how much reach he has. But like we're doing, we're doing essentially the same thing. We're just having a conversation about things. I don't know what the legal ramification is, and there's probably there's probably someone probably sued the news because yeah, like you said, the body cam footage, like that that comes from the, the law enforcement agencies, that comes from news agencies when they get their hands on it. Someone probably sued them at one point in the day because they're just like, oh no, like this hurt me in some way, and then there's like, okay, well now from going forward, here's a warning label like we warned you label you know we did our taking care of our own ass um i find it yes. kind of weird footages, i was really surprised that they're on youtube because people die in those videos yeah and that's a little much <laughs> i know free speech and all that stuff but should it really be on youtube and that's uh a question, right? yeah there's, there's got to be boundaries uh, yeah like, where do you draw the line sure because you watch somebody get shot and killed Sometimes it's police officers, sometimes it's whoever else. Yeah, but they, yeah, no, you're right. And they do, like, even, like, some of those videos, and there's there's some where you, like, totally see some dude get, like, riddled with bullets, and you're just like, God damn, like, that was, that was intense. But it seems, like for, like, the most part, it's, like, they'll kind of, like, you'll hear the gunshots ringing, or you see, like, the officer, like, engaging, and but you don't really see a whole, you're not seeing a whole, you're not seeing blood, you're not seeing... A right. whole lot like bullet impact into flesh and whatnot, but I, I it's a really good point because movies are even more gory than you, real life. In video games too, right? Video it, games, gnarly. yeah. There was Call of Duty in the end of one of those where you choke somebody to death underwater. That was very graphic. Yeah, don't they put warning labels on some of those games too? Like, there's like I can't, <clears throat> I can't. Like, I'm pretty sure I played games where they were like warning. And yeah, what was it? Call of Duty World at War. So the the most revamped, not the most recent one, but the one that came out like in 2018 about World War II, right? And like the first one, it's like the 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 D-Day invasion. You're on the boats and you're storming um, Normandy, right? And then um, later on in that very same um, 
that level, as you're, you're going through the campaign, you're taking stuff out and you're advancing forward, there's a scene where you see people being hung. Not actively being hung, but the aftermath of it. They were hung, and you come across that their, their, their corpses still hanging. And there was like a lot of controversy over it. But yeah, I, I get it to a degree. I just think user discretion comes from the individual and then people presiding over those individuals. So, I mean, the, the biggest audience of people that people worry about is children, right? People, kids play video games and you as a parent, as you buy for them, should know and understand and, you know, use your own good judgment. If you're teenage boys, that's all you want to see is the words kind of crap. And then you end up regretting some of it later. Um, but if you're just like, I don't care. Because that was also, you know, I don't know if it was World at War, but for sure it was in Black Ops, the first one. When you're doing campaign, it'll ask you if you want to go through the whole campaign or if you want it modified. Or maybe it was uh, Modern Warfare. Remember Black Ops, the original one, where there's that one scene where you're looking through the, binoc- or the binoculars? Um, there's like a launch pad, and then like you see one of the bad dudes like just stick a knife right into one of the main character's eye. Do you recall that? I'm trying to remember. It's um, it's like early on, and I think it was I don't I don't recall the characters, but this dude was essentially a POW and he was captured, and then like I think it's like bad Russian dudes. I forgot the storyline, but then you're looking through this 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 you know enemy activity that's going on there's like a launch pad i think or some type of airfield stuff going on in the background and then you see just just sticking a knife right in his face you don't really like see like the point of insertion however you definitely you see it in your head like i i copy what i just saw like i know what just happened <laughs> uh, yeah but um uh, yeah so but when transferring over to like normal conversations so, like, there's an article right here. Spotify will now add COVID-19 content advisories to podcast episodes that discuss COVID-19 following criticism. First of all, how do they know it's a COVID-19 episode? Unless it's titled as such. But Joe Rogan never, t- you know, entitles t- any of his episodes COVID-19 discussion. He'll have, I mean, maybe like in the, um, like, he'll have Dr. Robert Malone. Podcast seventeen, whatever, Doctor Robert Malone, and then and, and then it'll discuss this person's background, um, where you clearly get what what, what the conversation is going to be about. But like, how would they know? First of all, but then it goes on to read. Um, yeah, yeah. So advisory will lead to Spotify's COVID nineteen hub, which contains credible and up to date information about the pandemic. I like how they credible and up to date information. Trust us. To increase transparency around the world, excuse me, around its treatment of the issue, Spotify is making COVID-19 content policy and general platform rules publicly available on its site. Spotify says anyone who breaks the rules may have the content in question removed with repeat offenders potentially having the account suspended or banned. The Verge, this is the article I'm reading from, obtained his policy, this policy ahead of platform's public release. An internal memo really revealed Joe Rogan's podcast didn't meet threshold for removal. Um, yeah, that just, but, but so, and here's the, here's the thing, right? The only way for us to do like what we're trying to do right now is like start a podcast and get it out to the world to have people just kind of listen, just the conversation and talk about facts and opinions and be wrong about things and correct us in the following episodes. We have to host it somewhere, Spotify, 
Buzzsprout, Podbean, these different podcasting host sites, oh, iTunes. Oh, and if they're all taking like this, this quote unquote proactive approach in the same manner that um, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, the same manner of approach they take with algorithms and human intervention to 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 censor, silence, or but or to, to just take action against words, discretionary content, whether it's pictures or in the gun community, because I see it all the time. This um, illegal sales of 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 what's the word of highly uh, regulated items, you know, firearms, because there's a lot of regulation and a lot of things to that. Um, but if it's just like a normal conversation between you and me and that, that gets, you know, if it's being limited to some degree on these platforms, then like, then how do you get your voice out? Same thing. Like when you get people like people of Congress or the sitting president of the United States gets banned from Twitter. Um, then, then like, where, where, like, where does this go? Um, that's, that's what I find as the potential, the alarming thing, because like, how, where's this, where's this lead to, where is it going to go and how much of this, we don't, I don't know the whole content and the story, backstory of the, the 70 to a hundred episodes. He said 1984. You uh, still haven't, I cannot believe of all people, you've never read that book. I, I you know, I know you, you bring it up all the time and I eventually Everyone will get, does. I know, I know I eventually will get to it. And Tim, you know, free. Tim pool, Tim, is it really, is it really free? Damn that. I have no excuse then. Download Audible, And they give you one free choice anyways. So even if it wasn't and you download that app. Yeah. I paid for a different device. Yeah. I paid for audible for like two months and I have like one free, like when you pay for it, you get like one free token a month to buy, to get a book for free or something like that. And I have, I think I still have one. So yeah, I probably should. No, because it's referenced a lot. I mean, I, it, 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 Tim pool, they talk about all the time. Um, George Orwell. I mean, um, what was it? Um, uh, uh, Jordan Peterson's mentioned it. Like all these different podcasts and these formats, conversations. I think um, Patrick Bet David even talked about it too. But everywhere, like there's a reference to it. So, yeah, there's um, probably some value into the contents of that that book in relation to what's taking place today. No, I just find it. Um, yeah, like where's it go? Where's it going to lead? And how do we combat it? And it's. Yeah, the, the, these platforms, like social media platforms, since they're highly regulated or censored, however you want to describe it, or even like news agencies too, mainstream news stuff, um, but that's like not even a platform to really get a conversation out. Um, 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 then you got people taking this podcast route to, to, to you know, like this entrepreneurial platform route. Um, and let me do my own thing here and I don't need this and I don't need that. I don't need this podcasting format, but in like the digital age and distribution of information, there's a lot of like these formats where it's like that, whether it's social media or the podcasting host. And then when corrosion or manipulation or just intimidation comes around, then like these, these hosting companies, who kind of have god power um then they eventually cave whether financially or morally or whatever 
and then then they 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 cave into these to these demands by you know these um what's the word i was using earlier and i forgot it now this woke brigade the woke brigades out there um, it's one thing to censor something like if you made music and you made an album and um you were cussing and talking about whatever you want to find the radio publicly and they take out the curse words like that's one thing but you could also go to a music store and buy the album yeah but you know when they say that you can't make music like that that's when you take away somebody's freedom you're saying like not only do we want to censor it but we don't want you to do it in the first place at all you're not allowed to do it and that's where you kind of get to the point where it's just like who are you to tell me what i can and can't do i'll do whatever i want to do and you can't stop me yeah it should and then maybe they'll try to stop you and joe rogan says it best the only way to combat bad speech or approach it is with better speech since engaging arguments and discourse and conversations and and it, it, you know, Tulsi Gabbard, Tulsi Gabbard has been on Fox News a lot in the last several six months that I've seen. She's been there's a lot, a lot of new segments of her on Tucker Carlson and um, Sean Hannity, um, talking about like the whole censorship stuff. Um, this this last week she was on Sean Hannity and she was just you know he was just like hey like I understand you disagree with probably the majority of the things that I have to say, but then they go into this conversation about like free speech and this, these platforms and it's just like how highly important it is. And the, and the, and the, the, only, the only thing that you create is an echo chamber and which you create an echo chamber of similar thoughts and ideology. And then you, what do you, what do you, I don't know, like what do you get from it? Nothing positive. And then I think, like with these echo chambers, it just it it could that they 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 continue one end of the spectrum farther and farther, where you get kind of like this kind of I don't know extremist rhetoric. I guess I don't know how to describe it. <clears throat> well, it escalates because the idea of echoes, you know, you go into a tunnel and you hear your own voice. You hear your own voice coming back to you. So, you know, with other people, like in, say, a Facebook group, you say something in the Facebook group and everybody's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you kind of just, like, repeat the same idea or whatever. Russia and Ukraine. Um, Russia... Ukraine, um, 8,500 troops roughly within the last few weeks were put on some advisory standby notice, no orders given. Um, but this is, this is kind of, it was reflected to DRF, Deployment Readiness Force Units. I think that's the proper acronym. It changes constantly in the acronyms in the military. It all means the same shit, it just changes. Um, but these are elements of the 82nd Airborne, 10th Mountain Division, where these people are, you know, 72-hour units, and they're on a, they're always on a advisory where they have to re be the, if recalled, they have to report to the unit within a certain amount of time frame, and anywhere in the world they can be boots on the ground in 72 hours. Pack their shit, load their shit, 
get on a C-17, fly anywhere, and be somewhere, boots on the ground. Um, they did it during Afghanistan. They just did it now as 2,000 of those soldiers, troops, personnel went overseas to Europe. And then they did it, what was this, January, what, the night of January 31st, going into the 1st. Uh, Soleimani, when he got nuked by Trump, those units were called while they were on holiday block leave. So the context of the situation is they were all home with their families. They were on holiday block leave at home at Christmas, got called in, and left to Afghanistan. Uh, not Yeah, Iraq. And I think it was like 18 hours. Within 18 hours, they were out there. And they landed in Kuwait first, but within 18 hours, which is astounding. Absolutely astounding. Um, are you back off? I don't think it's really far, that, that conflict in, in Ukraine. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's not even a conflict yet. I don't think, I think it's my per- perception situation. I don't know why we have such a huge involvement, but we are hyper inflating this, this, this dilemma. Make it, we're making a bigger issue out of it. It's like, we're making an issue of the neighbor across the street from your house, husband, and wife, girlfriend, brother, or whatever it is. Um, they're fighting, and then you're kind of like you feel a need to like inter, inter, interdict in some way and get involved, but you're just creating the problem and making it more worse than what it originally is. Um, breaking points. Sauger um, pulled a po- poll. I don't know what poll it is, but I'm just referencing information that he stated. It's 80% of the people of France aren't willing to get in any type of international conflict or war even for a nato ally the ukrainians are saying that we are making a bigger deal out of things um pointing at our mainstream media um especially when we announced that all family members of embassy and personnel that are in ukraine to leave and then germany Germany has a unique relationship with Russia as that natural gas pipeline that comes from Russia into Germany. So they get their natural gas from there. So there's, and then there's us in the mainstream media, media, um, the White House and the Department of Defense, the Pentagon, when all these different facets of our government are giving speeches, are sending notes or, you know, statements out talking about russia and, and it's russia that's doing this it's russia that's doing this and yeah russia is doing what they're doing but i i'm trying to pinpoint what are what what at what point is it our involvement because first of all they haven't done anything even if they do decide to invade and they annex part of crimea in 2014 like I don't know. At what point do you draw the line where you say it's our it's our business and it's not our business? And I 100% think it's none of our business in this particular situation. It's preventative, if anything, to for us to be involved because, like, let's say that um, Russia takes Ukraine, takes the Latvia and all the countries. It's only I remember Latvia and all the other countries that are uh, bordering <clears throat> Russia and their northern border over by the Arctic Sea, or whatever it's called. And yeah, the Black Oxus, Sea, right? And then, Central, and then Central Asia, and they have, they're back to the same 
um, geographic position that they were at the height of the Soviet Union. And then they're going to start to encroach in other places. Africa is going to be hot spot for geopolitics. I mean, it is now, but it will it'll intensify. Sure. Really quickly because they have a lot of resources and the poor people they don't have cheap labor. They have poor people that could be exploited for cheap labor. Yeah, and, and those are very <laughs> low economic countries and economies. And some of those economies there are, you know, they're 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 booming, right? And there's there's a market of opportunity, and that's where people like China and I don't know what Russia's involvement in and in um, Africa, but like China is exploiting that and using that for their political uh, advantage, essentially. Um, Everyone's interest in Africa is the same. There's geostrategic positions for military and navy, um, valuable and scarce resources, and just land, because you can't really go into Europe and exploit it, or North America. You're not allowed to go to South America, but you could. And Asia is China's backyard, and they're exploiting all of it. Largely unclaimed. People have tried. There's a lot of um, extremists there, but they're on the side of the people. I mean, they are the common people, roughly speaking. And then um, France has a big involvement there, but they're losing it. And they even said, I forget what the name of the person is who said it, that um, if they lose their hold on Africa, that they won't have any relevance in the 21st century. Which is kind of funny and kind of messed up. I find that hard to believe. I I don't know. Like I just I don't know this whole mindset that we have to be involved somewhere to gain relevance. That was France. That's what France said. Yeah, but you know France has a track record of doing that, right? France has a track record of trying very hard and not having any zero success. And zero success. No, you know, Vietnam, Normandy. Yeah. In African countries, there's a lot of African countries that speak French. Yeah, and there's, and there's a lot of English-speaking people, you know, in South South, in South Africa. Africa. Yeah, because of the, you know, the English at the time during the English dominance around the world. Um, yeah. You're going to hear a lot about forced famines and um, and racial killings and all kinds of horrible things in South Africa. Yeah. Um, it's just, it's just the whole... You, no, go ahead. I'm trying to explain it simply. Um, you remember Batman the Dark Knight? Yep. Remember that movie? Okay. So Joker's recruiting people, right? He goes and he kills a gangster gamble. And then there's three guys that were in Gamble's room, were in the room. It says, we're doing aggressive expansion, but our spots are limited. So, and he breaks a pool cue in half and he throws it on the ground. And he just says, make it fast. So there's three guys. There's one pool cue. Yeah. And there's only one spot. Africa is like a pool cue, and you got China, Russia, and the United States. And only one person can rule the world, and they're all trying. I mean, should anybody? No, probably not. Probably not. But they're trying. 
And if Russia gets a full queue, their odds are significantly increased. The problem is, is China and Russia are going to do it if nobody stops them. And once America's out of the way, they're going to fight with each other or become one. But the objective is global domination. They want to rule the world. They have since the, since the Cold War. Mostly Russia and China caught up to speed rather quickly, I'd say. And the United States is, was trying to stop the red wave. But if you just let them win the rest of the world, then there'll be nothing that you could use to defend yourself when they come for you. But, I mean, this shouldn't be happening in the first place. Yeah. I, I'm not saying let's dominate the world. I'm no. But do you happening. think, here's the thing, here's my, I, th- I think, I think all treaties we get into, I think we need to get out of them. Not all treaties. Like, I'm talking about specifically, like, diplomatic foreign relation treaties. NATO, for example. I think we, I think we have no relevance in it. We don't need to be a part of it. Um, these foreign alliance type of treaties, or even like some of these like economic based ones to improve, you know, relationships, relations in this country, in this region, and whatever. I think it's all dangerous. And it, I mean, look, just look at it right now. Um, I think they're dangerous. I don't think we need to be a part of it. And I want, I like to, exp- I would like to explore the idea that let's say the United States pulls every service member out of every FOB military base, every foxhole that is somewhere around the world with maybe some exception to like Japan, Germany, some of these like close allied nation countries. Well, maybe I'm kind of contradicting what I'm saying right now. I feel like some, you can have friends on the block, right? You can hang out with them, you can train with them, and you can have some type of relationships where, like, we can establish some type of partnership. But, you know, you don't see German bases here in the United States. You don't see Japan. Like, but so, like, why is it one sided? But let's just, so let's just explore that idea. We pull every U.S. service member and equipment and weapon out of every fucking foxhole. We bring them here to the United States. We apply to, like, this Monroe Doctrine type of, 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 of thought process, but not like we're like this whole idea where like anything in the Americas is like a, de- a declaration of war or, or, or um, you know, threat assessment, not necessarily to that degree, but like we bring everyone home. We, we worry about within the borders of the United States from sea to fucking shining sea. And we worry about intelligence and defense the economy and everything. We just focus here. We don't get involved in other people's stuff. We don't need to ship weapons and ammo to Ukraine. We don't need to have CIA proxy groups on the ground somewhere funneling some misinformation campaigns or a coup to implement democratic leadership or democratic elections. We don't we don't get we don't get involved in that. We don't worry about that. We just focus strictly about here. And this whole concept where and then someone steps on your front door without you asking and punches you in the face. And it's like, all right, bitch, the gloves are off. Now let's fucking tango. 
feel like the the world for us here in the United States would be a far better place. Then you don't have Congress worrying about so much matters outside the continental United States and more within um, issues that kind of matter the most because we can't we can't pick and choose. Oh, let's let's go defend Ukraine because you know Russia's bad and da da da. And I don't I don't know what the whole why to all that. I feel like we we think that we can probably pick up. potentially easier fight with Russia. I mean, if it was China, I, I don't guarantee we would be doing anything that we're doing right now if it was China. I think China has a little more balls and more be like, hmm, all right, like, we'll do something about this. Um, even though it's probably not in their best interest to go to war with us, but I feel like China would be a little more threatening reactionary to the things that we are doing right now with Russia. Now, I just think this whole, <clears throat> this kind of isolationism to some degree, not economically, because like the, the world is always, for humans have been alive, and as long as like commerce and like people have been fucking putting sheets on ships and sailing across the fucking ocean, the world in the world as they knew it then and as it expanded as territory and land and things were discovered um, has been interconnected to some degree, at least economically. But I just think this diplomatic relation stuff, this whole now we're playing Rochambeau with Russia and we are trying to assist a country that's ultimately going to get if Russia invades, it's, it, Russia's going to get what they want. The same thing with, like, we fund a bunch of money to the Mujahideen, the Taliban, Iraq, Al-Qaeda now. And then what does it do for us in the end? Nothing. All right. Well... There's, there's, there's a lot. There's a lot right there. But on the idea of isolationism, you did make the exception for economics, which is the point that I was going to make. Because as far as the military goes, um, the only case you can make for why we should be other places is to keep the bad guys down. Because there are bad guys out there, and they're doing horrible things, and some of them want our blood. Yep. The only way them from they'll they'll never get victory but they can certainly terrorize us and to prevent that keep them down obviously uh radicalism on the terrorist groups what i'm talking about um there's that but as far as the military goes you know we're not fighting wars we're not involved anywhere except for terrorism actually an exception <laughs> but um it's also a deterrent against people or nation states being expansionists because I don't know what the laws are about expansionism, but if you start taking over your neighbors, somebody's probably going to say something about it. So having 
the only global power of the United States. There are superpowers, but never global powers, because we can fight wars in multiple countries at the same time. And there's no weight class above us to punch up. We're the top food chain as far as the military goes. So having us everywhere stops other people from expand from being expansionists. That's one another point. So like let's say we pull everything out of everywhere. Then you have people like Russia, China, the people like Iran and Turkey who are going to expand. Well, to what degree does it end, though? Because the, 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 like that, like like the global war on terrorism, it's like the war on drugs. It's it's an infinite combat that doesn't end. And when things don't work out in the day, then we just put more funding into these things, or we increase policies and. Just continue on and drive on. This whole war on terrorism. Terrorism is just some label we slap now onto something that is related to a, uh, to groups of people, a single individual with intent behind it that commits some type of violence, death, coercion, hurt amongst other people. Um, but then, yeah, so like, where does it end? Because then every, everywhere, like whenever someone some type of bombing or mass killing takes place in the name of this or be, with because of that or without anything really being said or any type of statement, then you kind of look to this background and it's like, this dude's ISIS, and it's just like, okay. But where does it end? To what extent? And I think it's dangerous because, you know, what we think that Russia might be doing is wrong and criminal and they shouldn't be doing this, and I don't think any country should be invading any other country. Every country should respect the sovereignty of other countries. You may not like someone. They may not like like you. I may not like my next door neighbor, but I'm not going to go walk in his house. China is committing slow genocide currently as we speak against Uyghur Muslims and putting giant needles into pregnant women's bellies to abort the baby, putting people in camps to brainwash them with communist rhetoric, destroying their culture and literally killing and raping people in these prisons. And as some one Uyghur has, has stated who was a former prisoner in this camp, it's not a matter of if you get raped, it's just how much. And same thing with torture. So if we, by that standard, if Russia is, but potentially Russia is aggravating and what they're doing is wrong and it's unjust to the Ukrainians. Then, then same thing with Syria with Bashar al-Assad. You know, gassing his people, which is very questionable. Which that even if that even incident occurred back in like 2016, I think it was. Um, then why are we invading China for their genocide? You know, one of the big things about the conclusion of World War II is we look back lessons learned is that we all, all obviously because of our involvement was that we got bombed at Pearl Harbor and then we got involved because right after we declared war against the Jap- Japanese Germany declared war on us so now we're fighting a two-front war in the European campaign in the Pacific 
but no one knew about the concentration camps or what was going on inside Germany besides the German people and obviously the architects of the final solution. And it was caught American GIs as they were liberating Germany and Europe and the war was dwindling, dwindling down. They were coming across camps, which at first they perceived it as prisoner of war camps. And they, uh, with their observation and walking through these areas and seeing what was there and assessing what was actually taking place, that they were committing genocide of people of specific origin, ethnic ethnicity that Hitler didn't like. And then we look at back as like that was highly justified for the for what we did, taking out the whole that we were attacked first and you know, now it's time to go to, you know, now it's, now it's our turn to play. That it was highly justified because we liberated a bunch of people in co- co- cooperation with, you know, the French and the British and, you know, the Russians too, because, you know, everyone was pissed off at Germany at this point. Um, but we obviously didn't know that going into it, but we knew, we know that now. However, like I said, like where, where this whole, we have to, be a part of this and do this and do that and prevent this and diplomatic sanctions and put troops in Poland to divert Russian behavior. I don't understand that. We've put 2,000 troops out there in the past week. And how many thousands of troops, Russian troops are out there potentially, who knows, but with the intent that they might invade Ukraine. Right. I don't understand. Poland recently did war games where they, um, the game was basically we're being attacked from the east. Like nothing specific. And they lost their own two week war game in five days. <laughs> so they're just like, all right, so basically if Belarus or Russia, which if it was going to be anything, it would be both, would you do this? They would take the capital in less than a week or a week. That's probably why we went and did that because they're, they're our buddies. They have a common enemy and they need the reinforcements so that doesn't happen. That's just that one specific thing. But <clears throat> as far as concentration camps go, it's really interesting. I wonder where the first ones were. And I think it was the British in, in Africa, actually. And, um, yeah, so like, like a, concentration a camp should probably be looked at and then like divulge a little more because we pers- we coincide concentration camps, not to Germany, World War II, genocide. Those were death camps and concentration of people, sure, with this intent. But like, we had concentration camps here in the United States after the, the Japanese bombing, we had the Japanese Americans internment camps, as we called it. It's, Two different words, same meaning, right? Concentration of people, internment of people. But that is, like, that interest, uh, event was very interesting because you're just like, holy fuck, we did this? Yeah, and now we have Guantanamo Bay, which is very similar. <laughs> and chuckle, but you know, I, well, you don't know. I watched an interview of a guy who um, was in Guantanamo Bay as a suspected terrorist because his family was... I guess friends with Osama bin Laden were not friends with, but like lived in the same village and they were sharing a phone or something <laughs> like that because there's no phones. Sounds like work partners. Yeah, so he was in um, 
don't know. I think it was Greece or something like that. And they they put him in jail, and then he's like, "Why am I in jail?" He's like, "Well, you know, the Americans said that you're a wanted criminal." And then found out later that those people were trying to tell the Americans, like, "Okay, he's in jail. What is he doing?" All that stuff. And he's like, "Well, you just want him, and you don't have any reason." And all that stuff. We're gonna let him go. And they were gonna let him go, so they let him go, and the Americans were waiting for him outside. And they took him to Guantanamo Bay, where horrifying things happened to him. And then eventually he was released because the guy was selling the blood and he was found innocent of what they suspected him of. Yeah. And that's pretty bad. That's pretty bad. Right. Another really interesting one since we're on the topic was um, residential schools in Canada. If you've not heard about that, you should look into that because that is just some awful things that, I mean, minus the scientific experimentation. And the mass burning is very similar to German politics, in my opinion. That was in Canada. So what it was was the indigenous people, they were going to civilize them and Christianize them. So something you mean other countries them. did bad things to people and it's not just America? That's a colonizer type of group that is inherently racist to its core? You mean every country's done something bad? Oh, just the white ones. Just the white ones. <laughs> right. Just, just the white ones, Japan. right? Japan. You, you know about the was it the rape of rape of Nanking or something like that? I don't know, I, not something like that, but did that happen? That was a thing. I just don't remember the name. And uh, that was horrifying. And it's a lot of a lot of things. And it's you know it's when you think of people as less than human, and you can do whatever you want to them. Exactly. And just like experimenting on rats, because you do horrifying things to rats. Yeah. And but you know, I don't know. They have their ways of justifying. I'm not gonna pretend like it's justifiable. That's good. In the name of science. Anthony Fauci. People's arms with a liquid nitrogen and shattered them while the person was still alive just to study frostbite. But now we have a good understanding of frostbite. Right. Yeah. The um, the Nazi scientists got a lot of good data and research, right? From and Japanese. Right. Yeah, because they did heinous shit, disgusting things to people. But yeah, you know, you now we we have pretty good data and science on hypothermia and how people survive or die to the point of death when you expose them to extreme heat and cold and you know other things. About the what? The Russian bunnies? Yeah. No. Uh, This is this is horrifying. It's brutal, but it's. It's worth a laugh. It'll get you one way to the other. What they did was, right, they had submarines, <laughs> and they didn't really know how to communicate, so what they would do is they'd have uh, bunnies have babies, and right. the submarines with the babies, and then over in uh, Kremlin or wherever, in order to convey a message, they would, oh no, the submarine would take the mother, and headquarters would have the baby. It would be the frequency and the severity of the death of the baby bunnies would convey the message psychically over in the part of the world. So the mother would basically be freaking out and then she would you would uh, observe that and from that you'd get a message. So over in Russia they'd be torturously murdering these babies in different frequencies of like how often you know almost like Morse code and then how severely and that would be a, a message. 
to be received through the mother, she would be feeling the pain over the distance. Right. Trippy, right? Yeah. I don't think that they really got any scientific evidence out of that one, but hey, they tried. I guess no. Doctors did a lot of stuff with twins. Anyways, anyways, <clears throat> North Korea, China are doing that right now. Um, somebody should do something about it. Right. Yeah. There's there's something going on everywhere in the world, and like with at one point, is there intervention required, and or is there? I mean, I don't know. Good question. Or are people just, I mean, nation states just allowed to do whatever they want in their own country? I think. And nobody can say anything about it. It's, it's, it's a very interesting discussion, but I think you have to respect, like, wouldn't, wouldn't like, hmm, I don't know. This is, at what cost, right? At what cost of human life? Like, I think, like, to, to, of Congress with the power to that question. declare war. To use, because that's how you, that's, it's using force now at this point. That's military intervention. That's bullets, troops, sending your sons and daughters. Because now you, you have four kid, three kids with fourth one coming. I don't, but we are all of age of having kids. Or if not, you're of age. So at this point, it's sending our sons and daughters, brothers and sisters, on it, this command to go do this, go here, go go here, go to this place around the world and do this thing based on this criteria that we believe is good and right and justice and all. Um, I think those type of powers, and, and now as with the president who has that kind of executive authority to use, you know, petition troops, just, you know, Biden just put 2,000 troops in Poland right now. And then he has to get some type of approval. He has to let Congress know and yada, yada, yada. And I think that's a very, I think that the executive authority should almost go away. It should go away. Absolutely. Because then you get rid of what the potential corruption and over abusive use of using it because it's, it's not like, let's say for some reason, Mexico starts rolling tanks in through Arizona and San Diego and be like, oh, fuck, this is crazy. And then the, and the president, you know, gives orders to the nearest units down in those states to, like, activate, engage, and, you know, do what you got to do to protect the homeland. You know, people would look, you know, con- if, you know, be like, hey, the president went out, outside his authority to do this thing. But everyone with reasonable thought process would be like, yeah, no, duh. Now, when the president goes uses his executive authority to put position troops in other places around the world, regardless of the meaning of, I think that that can be easily abused and should not happen. And if you are trying to have that thought process, then that fucking president better get in front of a 535, or let's say he wants to speak to the House first, and then they vote on it and send it to the Senate to, to vote on it as well, where he's trying to appeal his case. I think we need to do this because of X, Y, and Z. And then Congress debates and debacles over it. They vote on it, and then that's it. Because if if it was that concerning of an issue, to where Congress needs to get involved, then I don't know. Well, I mean, look at Iraq. They voted on that, and that was all alive. I just think there needs to be a lot of leaps and bounds of restrictions, especially to to, to, to the use of military force. Uh, the thing about executive power and the president using it and all that—it's our responsibility and our fault for everything that's happened 
and the abuse of executive power because it's our responsibility to elect somebody to make responsible and sober decisions yep. and not be corrupt. And that's our responsibility to make sure the person who has that kind of power is the kind of person who should have that kind of power. And it's no one's fault except the American people's. And nobody's holding us accountable because we're the sovereign. We are where sovereignty lies in our country. And that's just our damn fault. And that power shouldn't go away. What should be done is we should have better leaders. And we don't. We have puppets right now. I mean, Joe Biden was essentially uh, a wooden boy. He's a puppet. He's too old. I do not disagree. They just need someone with that pen to sign those laws and executive orders. Because he's not making any any decisions. None of which are coherent or, 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 or well thought or established. But yeah. Yeah, he's probably got dementia or something like that. Think so? You know. Maybe. Something like that. That was a good 50 minute right, episode. Right, uh, I'll talk to you later. That's the conclusion of my episode, our episode with Oliver. We are expanding operations with new equipment, new gear, new technology. We are trying things out and I'm learning as I can go. Obviously, the audio is not perfect. Oliver's talking on a phone. He's got people in the background. He's a hardworking man. He has wife and kids. And probably the only time that he gets the, the accessibility to have these type of conversations is... He's around his family or when he's at work and there's people banging the hammer in the background. So trying to include him as much as we can and we, we will continue to do so. But, and then with this audio stuff, this new stuff that we are working with now, we can, you know, manipulate, not manip- you know, edit things and kind of make things, you know, change the volume a little bit, just kind of clean it up a little bit, make it a little better. But, you know, hopefully it's, it's, it's on the receiving end. It's to, to people's likening for them to want to, you know, pursue this platform and follow it and, you know, and engage in our content because we're just here trying to talk freedom and politics, philosophy, history, government, um, and all that just stuff and whatever else we want to talk about, you know. It might be politics and current events, then it might be astronomy. You never know. Uh, but that's it. I appreciate everyone reaching in. Please give us a like, follow, and share on Twitter, Defend Podcast, Instagram, This Will Defend Podcast. Not on Facebook. Probably gravitate towards there at some point. I don't want to, but got to try to expand operations right. And eventually we will move to YouTube as we get things better and more established. And most likely just be a camera on myself. And then Oliver participating on on the on the audio call, and then got a couple people uh, people that I work with in and around the military that I'm gonna have on here to talk and interview and engage with. So it's a slow and steady thing we we got going on here. Cool equipment with the the receiver interface. And then using my laptop that I've had for seven or eight years and never used it for anything besides creating a couple of work documents for college. And now I'm using it for this. And with these fancy microphones and an iPad in front of me to look up stuff and real-time information. So this is interesting. This is fun. I'm actually having a lot of fun with it. 
So appreciate everyone listening. Thank you.